You're listening to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast with your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is episode number 11. beautiful people. Welcome to the Create a Life That is Beautiful podcast. This is episode number 11 and I am your host, Letitia Ringe. This podcast is designed to inspire, empower and support you on the journey of uncovering your truth and purpose in the world. Each week, I share an inspiring conversation with an inspiring person about how they discovered purpose and the work they do in the world today. Today, I have a very exciting episode for you, as you will be hearing from one of my closest mentors, teachers and women in my life. We will be talking about how a spiritual path can help you with life, in getting to know yourself, and of course, in finding purpose. So without further ado, I am honored to introduce today's guest as my very own mother, Mama Bear, Joanne Robinson. Joanne's fascination with spirituality and metaphysics began more than 30 years ago in a small Sydney suburb. At this time, anything spiritual or new age, including many concepts that today fall under personal development, like the power of your thoughts, was spoken about in hushed tones. So nothing like they are today, and especially today when we are seeing such a blossoming in the appreciation for what we can't explain through traditional methods of science, but which are now being confirmed through methods like quantum physics. Despite these issues with acceptance socially 30 years ago, as all good things unfold, Joanne, my mother, simply kept following the call, her curiosity to understand how the world works, why she is here and who she is. And this has led her to committing to a daily practice of meditation for over 30 years, which she says she considers as important as her daily shower and to today writing a novel inspired by her fascination with spirituality and the metaphysics. In this episode, we discuss how Joanne's spiritual journey unfolded as a young mother in Sydney, Australia, 30 years ago, how things like meditation, yoga, visualizations, affirmations, and understanding how our thoughts, feelings, and the metaphysics of life can help you in overcoming difficulties throughout your life, empower you when you feel like you are a victim to your circumstances, understand more about yourself, and of course, discover purpose. We also discuss the evolution of yoga, being a mother and wanting to pass on all your amazing wisdom while also respecting your children's own path, how a spiritual practice can help you as a new mother, and how to get started on a conscious spiritual path. And lastly, which I think will be really interesting for people to hear, we also discuss what it's been like for my mother, who is someone who has almost never throughout her lifetime drank alcohol. And if you know me, you'll understand that I gave up alcohol throughout 2017 as an experiment. And since doing that, I've realized just how amazing my life can be without checking myself out of my life. And I've decided to continue without having alcohol as a part of my life. And this is a topic I'm very passionate about as I really want to create a space for people who feel the call to reduce their drinking or to give it up completely, but who really feel the pressure socially to drink. So if that's something you're interested in, you know, feel free to get in contact and I can um, put you 
in touch with some awesome organizations and also uh, my own musings about alcohol. Okay, guys, let's dive in to the episode. Hi, mom. Welcome to the Create a Life That is Beautiful podcast. Hi, Letitia. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure. So, mom, could you let our listeners know a little bit about who you are? Sure. Well, my name is Joanne Williams Robinson, and I currently live in Sydney, Australia. And I'm writing a novel about reincarnation that has a spiritual theme. And basically, I've had a lifelong interest in spirituality, metaphysics, and basically finding out how the world works. Mm. Yes, you have. And so when did that interest first begin? Well, I guess when I was a child, I can remember thinking things like, you know, why am I who I am? Why aren't I someone else? You know, why am I in the family that I'm in? Why aren't I part of maybe someone else's family? Uh, So I remember just having thoughts like that. How old do you think you would have been at that time? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I think I would have been like nine, ten, and I did go to a Catholic school for much of my upbringings. So the religious element, I guess, was a part of my life. But I, but I really just had this this drive to want to know, well, who is God really, and and how does God really relate to me as an individual? Uh, that's so interesting. So then, after that, when did you start to delve into spirituality? Well, I guess I was around 19 and um, it first started when I went and had a tarot reading um, at, a, at a restaurant actually near where I used to work in Parramatta at the time and I was just amazed at how this person could tell me so much about myself and that kind of really sparked an interest in finding out more about subjects like that. And then my mother, actually, she found a couple of books. She came across a couple of books sort of more in the spiritualism realm. And so I started reading avidly, basically, any book that I could find at the time on the subject. Wow. So this is from 19 years old. Yes. And this is is like, you know, 30-something years ago. Not that I'm trying to talk about your age, but just to sure. to have a reference point for our listeners that, you know, this was something that was uh, a lot less spoken about and, um, you know, mainstream as it is becoming, you know, today. Yeah, that's right. At the time, um, you know, today you can basically go online and buy a book about any topic that you would like to buy, but of course that's pre-internet years. And at the time there was one spiritual bookshop in Sydney um, called Adya that was amazing and they had a huge bookstore in the city with books on all kinds of metaphysical and spiritual topics. And so you had to kind of make a special trip to a bookshop like that to get any kind of book that was on a subject outside the mainstream. Wow. Yeah, so, okay, so you started, um, you went to the tarot reader and then you had these books and then did, like, were you practicing yoga or anything like that at that time? Because I know you eventually did. Well, what happened was I started uh, practice, I I joined a spiritualist group, a spiritualist circle as they were were called, and I would go along each week and they were basically about learning um, sort of a basic sort of meditation, more a guided meditation and also to help you develop your psychic skills like clairvoyance, clairaudience. Yeah, so anyway, I did that for a few years and then I just had this sort of calling to um, find out about yoga. So my mother was living in Queensland at the time and I was living in Sydney and she, um, the yoga class she was attending, the yoga teacher recommended that she read a book called Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. So mum read that and then she gave me a copy of that book um, for my 24th birthday actually and I read it and I just loved it. And um, so I ended up, I signed up for Yogananda's uh, Kriya Yoga lessons through Self-Realization Fellowship and I've been been sorry and that's been my path basically ever since then yeah so you, st- you still uh practice with the self-realization fellowship your like meditation and that's um, right yes. 
And so yeah. uh, the autobiography of a yogi, um, what is that about? Well, that's about the life of Yogananda. And Yogananda is an amazing spiritual master who was born in 1893 in India. And basically his mission in life was to bring the teachings of Kriya Yoga to the West and also to show the similarities between original yoga and original Christianity. And he set up an organisation in 1920 called Self-Realisation Fellowship, which still exists today, and it's there purely to disseminate the teachings of Kriya Yoga. Okay. And so um, what is Kriya Yoga? So it's a type of yoga or meditation? It's a type of meditation, yeah. It's it's yoga meditation, yeah. And basically, yeah, and basically the whole emphasis of it is to help you have a personal experience of the divine within you, and that's what it's all about basically. Okay. Wow, so before you um, like started um, studying, I guess, their teachings, had you practiced meditation before? I did, yes. I was practicing, yeah, um, not so much a yoga meditation, but, um, yes, I was practicing meditation, yeah. And with yoga meditation you get, you know, yoga techniques of concentration that help you to really, like, hone your meditation skills and really focus your mind. And at that time you mentioned that before you had read a couple of books, before you got the autobiography of a yogi, were any of those, like, um, really memorable still to this day? Um, yes, yes, they were. One of the um, most memorable memorable books that I read at the time was Shakti Gawain's Creative Visualisation, um, and I read that prior to reading the autobiography of a yogi. And that was really the first book that I ever read about the power of your thoughts and the power of your mind and how we can really have so much more control over our lives and, and our destiny than we're aware of. So that really was just a mind-blowing book at the time. So it's um, judging by the name. Is it all about visualisation? It was, that was a component of it. Yeah. Um, I guess it's been a little while since I've kind of looked at it, but it yeah. was all about the power of our thoughts and the power of visualisation, the power of writing down your goals. Mm. Um, because prior to that, and I think a lot of people in my generation, you just kind of drifted along with the tide in life, not really realising and not knowing that we have personal power that we can tap into. Yeah, well, I think that's something that, you know, people today still struggle with, the, the uh, that word drifting, you know, not feeling like you're in the driver's seat of your life. And that's a term I like to use. You know, you feel like you're in the passenger seat and life is just passing you by and you can't control anything. You're kind of a victim of your own circumstances. And, exactly. And I guess that feeling that your thoughts as well are all of your own and that you're responsible for them so if that's the way you're thinking then that's what you are um, and not knowing that you can actually change your thoughts and be more intentional about how you're thinking yeah that's really true and um and it's not that you know working with our thoughts gives us the power to control every little thing in your life it's more that it gives you the power over how you respond to what's coming your way in life because obviously we cannot control other people. It'd be great if we could, but <laughs> rule number one of life, we can only ever change ourselves. Mm. Um, but if just say you are in like a really difficult situation, you can really use the power of your thoughts, the power of affirmation, the power of prayer, visualisation to really get you through it. it. It's it you know It's just invaluable. I could not imagine living life without that kind of basis in my life. I think it would just be a million times more difficult because life is challenging. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's something that meditation helps you with as well, um, being able to build that awareness of your thoughts and how you're going to respond in situations. 
Exactly, that's right. And meditation also gives you sort of a sense of well-being and it just helps you have a more sort of peaceful state more of a calmness you know I'm not saying that it means that nothing ever bothers you and you know every every day of your life it's not but it just somehow it helps take the edge off I don't know it takes the edge off life sometimes and it just really helps in so many ways that I think we just don't really understand because it's not exactly measurable you can't say okay I've meditated for x number of minutes and now you know this is what I'm getting from it it's all very subtle and kind of mysterious I guess yeah it's hard to explain and and even you know I think uh, everyone's experience of meditation is different and uh, and unique and even your own experience when you every time you sit down or however you like to meditate uh, it's a different experience. That's right. It, that's true. Yeah. And it's it's kind of just a very personal thing as well. So yeah, it is. It's unique to every individual person. Yeah. So did you have over the um, course of the years of you meditating, because that's something that you still do to this day, uh, you know, religiously, basically, not that it's religious. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. do, do you... Um, so has your has the way that you meditate also changed over the years? I guess it's just um, maybe my, you know, we all evolve over the years and we grow and I guess you just have a deeper understanding of, you know, what you're doing and, and the techniques that you're using. Um, yeah. To me it's just kind of something that I do for my whole life kind of thing. It's mm. To me I would never miss meditation. It's like would be like missing a shower or something you know it's kind of like my spiritual cleansing for the day I like that spiritual cleansing yeah yeah and it's so funny like meditation is so mysterious you almost want to I I wish I would could see what is happening for other people while they're experiencing that I remember when you were trying to uh, teach me how to meditate uh like years ago and I just couldn't get it you know I really I just no matter how much I tried I couldn't I because I guess I thought at that time which I know you kept telling me it wasn't the point but uh, I thought that the point was to have no thoughts yeah and yeah yeah, no no, it's not and it was only once I I actually used this app called headspace and uh it was just this he mentioned like so many different techniques but it was this one technique that just finally resonated for me and that was uh every time your thought sort of passed by you would just note it and you'd say noting and someone pointed out this out to me because i i was a lawyer that of course i would like the the one that says like noted uh which is something (laughs) we we use often in our lawyer Uh, vocabulary but I really love that because it then made me become aware of my thoughts which was more of the point and then it could yeah I was able to build that that separation between my consciousness I guess and my thought uh, thoughts as they came through and not be controlling them but accepting them as they were but not um, attaching on to them I guess and then responding with emotion uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. okay. So, sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. <laughs> um, so, um, and when you, could we just go back to the yoga then? What was it like sure. back then? Was Like, was yoga popular or? Not really. I mean, no. Um, yeah, the first yoga class I attended, gosh, I guess there were maybe 15 people there. No, it was it was not like today where basically I think just about any suburb you live in will have a yoga studio and depending where you live there can be multiple yoga studios and it was certainly not something that you would really discuss with people um, because and even you wouldn't really tell people hey I meditate or what have you because it was just looked upon as something really odd and weird whereas today I think it's much more part of the mainstream culture you know, people understand that meditation, you know, also helps them just with health and all kinds of um, areas of their lives. But back then, no, it was quite 
sort of a fringe thing to do mm. very much so that's so interesting like you couldn't talk about going to yoga that just seems so ridiculous I know I know it's it seems bizarre now but I, I remember even you know when I'd had a tarot reading you know sort of whispering about it with another girl in the <laughs> office who you know had had a tarot reading but it was not something that you would want people to overhear you talking about because it was just so out there and so outside the mainstream. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And so, uh, and then, and what was it that like called you to, what did you understand yoga to be at that time? Well, um, I did ask the yoga teacher, I said, what does yoga do for you spiritually? And she said, it unites your soul with God. Mm. And that's actually the ultimate goal of yoga and I mean as you know there's you know a bazillion different yoga paths and what have you to choose from and yeah before um, Yogananda came into my life I had the desire though that I really would like to have a spiritual master um, a guru and also when I say spiritual master um, the masters are called masters because they're masters of themselves not because mm -hmm. they have mastery over you because they are kind of the example that we want to follow. And all of us eventually, you know, would like to have total control over ourselves and, and our lives and, you know, our actions, etc. Anyway, <clears throat> so I had heard of this concept of, you know, everyone has a spiritual master destined for them. And even though I didn't really understand what it was at the time, I did have a desire to find my guru, my master. So... When I read the AY, I just recognized that that was the path for me. Okay, autobiography of a yogi for anyone wondering what the AY is. <laughs> this is some yeah. <laughs> terminology. Yeah. I, yeah. I was just thinking as you were just speaking about um, uh, the, my experience or what I observed with yoga when I first started, um, it was mm. through, the, through a gym and yeah. – that was very much about, you know, the movement, you know, move as much as possible, you know, sweat and, you know, do, do, do lots of action. And then um, yeah. since I've, it's mostly, it was actually just before I moved to London, I found a yoga center and I only went there because they had some deal on Groupon and my experience, yeah. <laughs> my experience yeah. there was so different because it was so much more about actually uh, really connecting to your body and going at your own pace and, you know, yeah. doing what was right for you. And I loved our teacher. We used to feel like on a Saturday when we'd leave the class that we were just, you know, in pure bliss. It was so beautiful. Yeah. And then yeah. since moving to London, yoga's huge over here in London and and it's been it's been well established for many years from what i understand and the so there's many yoga centers and it's very mainstream and the they have so many different styles of yoga and a big one that's popular at the moment is yin yoga which is all oh. about the feminine energy so it's a lot slower and mm. it's yeah it's really it's just so interesting to see oh it's really it's great to see that it, the focus in these places is about your actual, you know, connection between mind and body, and yeah. and actually, one of um, someone I know who's a yoga teacher was talking about how what happens on the mat is such a reflection of your life, right? Because like right. all the things wow. that you're thinking as you're going through yoga and the challenges, and it's just yeah, it's really I, I just I just love yoga so. Yeah, I would recommend it to anyone uh, listening who, you know, feels like they might want to, they might, yeah, feel the call to try it. I definitely recommend yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. So, and something else that you mentioned was about with the masters, how they're masters of themselves. And I thought yeah. that was so interesting because when we talk about control, it's actually not controlling everything in our world, but also about surrender. Was intuition something that was spoken about, you know, throughout your spiritual journey in the early days? Uh, yes, it was. Intuition and awareness and consciousness. And even though I really didn't, you know, totally understand what that meant at the time, 
um, yeah, just sort of being aware of those inner promptings that we all have, you know, from our, you know, sometimes you, I think there wouldn't be a person alive who hasn't had an experience of intuition. Just having a hunch about something that's going to happen or, you know, many people I think they have the experience with knowing someone's going to call them or contact them or you think of a person you haven't seen in a long time and then you bump into them on the street, that kind of thing. I think it just adds a very kind of mystical element to life because it's a natural part of life. I think too some people, you know, sometimes it's looked at as though, well, you know, some people are intuitive and other people aren't. But I think it's just an innate um, part of us. It's an innate part of our soul and it's something we all have and that we, you know, to one degree or another. Yeah, I agree totally. And also actually even on you know the Myers-Briggs personality test that is yeah. a you know a spectrum it's not you know you're just yeah. one or the other it's like introversion yeah. and extroversion it is a spectrum which is so interesting yeah. and like cuz actually yeah. I'm an ENFP but I am like 45% introverted and 55% extroverted so you see yeah. like you think you get you're something you're one or the other but you're not you're on a scale that's right exactly yeah that's right yeah so that's really interesting about intuition yeah, it is yeah so no. after you started in with the uh self-realization fellowship were there any other like defining teachers that you came across that you know come first come to mind oh definitely i mean i've just I read widely and I have for decades. Um, oh, people like, let's say, Louise Hay. I just love her work. You know, she has been a real beautiful influence in my life as well. Uh, I learned a lot from her as well about, you know, affirmations, the power of thought, the power of positivity. So she, she's been very um, influential in my life. Uh, Marion Williamson, I love a lot of her books as well. Mm. Um, I've gotten a lot from reading her work as well over the years. Another person I just adore is Clarissa Pinkola Estes mm. and she has a beautiful book called Women Who Run With the Wolves and it's just like someone is speaking straight to your soul, particularly for women. I mean, she's just got such an amazing understanding of many of the different experiences women go through in life and often silently that aren't discussed. Um, yeah, it's a really beautiful book. Uh, interestingly, that book was recommended to me probably 20-odd years ago and and. At the time, I just never really got into it. And then probably five years ago, I just, uh, a friend of mine, again, mentioned it to me or two different people and I bought a copy and I just couldn't put it down. It's really wonderful. Yeah. And you bought me a copy of that and I still haven't read it, but I'm reading it as soon as I come back to Australia to visit because I now think it's the right time and it's <laughs> been like, recommended by so many people to me recently and yeah. yeah my my and yeah most recently my dear friend Ange and I so I know that I have to read it you know there's been too many signs <laughs> now but it when I tried to read it maybe three or four years ago I just I didn't I felt like I wasn't uh old enough to understand it and I guess yeah. I hadn't really yeah. started any of you know my own journey um on the sort of personal development and it was only I think in the last like seven months that I have really f even felt like I was on a spiritual journey and things have just right. taken off so quickly ever like since then but yeah so they're they're great authors that you've recommended there and I love that they're all women as well that's interesting sure no well they're <laughs> There's certainly some um, some male authors too that I've I've really loved over the years as well, like Wayne Dyer. Oh, he's so beautiful. I, yeah. yeah, I love his work, and and I got to hear him in person, actually, in Louise Hay in person. Uh, and Louise. Yeah, and Louise at a, oh. at a Hay House conference, probably around oh, it would have been oh, maybe ten years ago. So that was that was really lovely. Um, another person whose work I always enjoyed as well was Michael Neal. He's a life coach. 
And I, yeah, he really helped me understand more about abundance and how to bring more abundance into my life. He, yeah, I, I really enjoyed his work. Another person, Michael Rowland. I've done a number of his um, self-development courses and, yeah, he's a, he's a really great teacher. And do, is he in one of those documentaries? He made his own documentary, okay. yes, called um, Being in Heaven, yes, which is basically all about the principles of the mind and personal development and, you know, positive thinking, etc. Yeah, it's, it's a really good documentary. Yeah, I think I remember watching it and I thought it was really great. And then the, the other documentary, of course, that you used to recommend is What the Bleep. That's right. What the Bleep, I remember when that came out, it was just like I remember I was just blown away because it was so unique. I mean, today, of course, again, a lot of these ideas are much more out in the mainstream, but when What the Bleep came out, there really was nothing like it at the time. And then, of course, also we had The Secret, and now there's probably all sorts of other documentaries around that I have never heard of that are, you know, all about the power of the mind. Yeah. And there's a lovely documentary, too, about the life of Yogananda called Awake, that's really interesting too if anyone's interested in checking that out too. Yeah, that is a great movie. And what mm. about um, manifesting? Did When did you start hearing about that, if you can remember? I don't know how yeah. far well, back you have to go. Sure. Well, you know, that was probably with Shakti Gawain. Yeah, yeah, I wondered if it, that was what it was really yeah, about. it would have been. But it's, again, as I said, it's like, as you know, as the years pass, pass and you grow and evolve, you understand things more and more. Because sometimes, you know, you might hear about a concept, but you don't really completely understand what they're talking about. Yeah, um, totally. That's yeah. so, that's so true. Even I remember when um, the secret when you uh, I don't know were either reading it or watching it and recommended it to me, or one of my friends did. I can't remember who yeah. it was. I just. I just blame mum for any <laughs> recommendation because I feel like she probably, it was probably you. But um, yeah, the it was so, so learning about manifestation then through The Secret, I mean, I just loved learning about it and then also doing Gay and Katie Hendricks Attracting Genuine Love course. Yes. And yes. of course, meeting Lou not long after doing that. And I still yeah. remember like the day that, I came back home and I just met Lou that weekend and you you knew that you asked me <laughs> if I'd met someone <laughs> and it all happened so quickly but yeah I remember so I was using manifestation then but then you know I didn't I wasn't I mean you're always manifesting of course but yeah. I wasn't yeah. consciously doing I was consciously manifesting at that time because I wanted to find a partner and um, yep. and then I met Lou and he ticked like all of the boxes that I wanted. And but most importantly, I had also looked at what I was offering to the relationship as well. So I felt like I got my equal. But yeah, the other the, yeah, the other thing was that then I wasn't so interested. And, and it hasn't been until like last year when I or no 2016 when I started hearing just lively talking about manifestation that I then started looking into it all again. And so now I've done so many different courses and things and every, yeah. every time you're just, it's just sinking in, in a, in a deeper and different way. So yeah, I totally resonate yeah. with what you say there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's a saying that when the student is ready, the teacher appears um, I just think that's so true because, you know, we can have read a particular book and then we might go, you know, years later and look at it again and we might get something completely different out of it because we have changed, our consciousness has changed, our understanding has changed. And, yeah, that's why, too, I say, um, you know, when we are awakening spiritually, we can't sort of shove our beliefs onto other people or, you know, what we're doing onto other people because people have, you know, people grow and evolve at their own rate mm -hmm. and they have to kind of be ready for, for that, you know, in their own time. 
Yeah, I mean, what what is what what is it like for you as a mother with you know adult children who has all this wisdom and you you know just want to pass it on to of yeah. course because it's changed your life so much. Like, how do you do, how did you deal with that? Well, yeah, well that's the thing. It's like I feel like wow, I'm sitting on this treasure chest of amazing information, and um, you know, it just teaches you that you have to you know your children are their own people you know um they're not just mini versions of you or whatever that you know each child has their own unique soul path and their own life journey and that they need to follow so I think as a mother you just learn maybe when to say a little something here and there but you kind of just you know bless your children with your love and hope that um you know, their lives will be really great and that, you know, that they will come upon their own path in their own time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also I think it would be nice for, for you to also share as uh, as a young mother having, yeah. you know, a meditation practice or some sort of spiritual practice, like how does that help, you know, with the all the obvious um, sort of struggles or yeah, co- yeah tension yeah. you must have as a new mother? Yeah, I I think, um, uh, I guess, how could I put it? I guess it just gives you sort of a greater sense of well-being and it just helps you through all the ups and downs of life somehow. Yeah, it just just helps you, you know, and and naturally when you're a young mother, you may not have much time to even devote to your practice, you know. Now that obviously I'm here, just me and my husband and our cat, um, I have a lot more time to devote to things like that. Uh, but as a young mother, I guess, yeah, you just do what you can, but it's still really good to to know all those concepts and to learn them and to, and to be, um, yeah, absorbing that. And then, you, and, you know, and your kids kind of absorb things too by osmosis mm. as well. So mm. even if it's not something they may use consciously in their life, it's still sort of there in the ether in the environment. So I yeah. think it's helpful. Of course, and also your subconscious is, you know, downloading all of this stuff at such a yeah. young age. So yes, yes, you can't help but yeah. pick it up. And uh, one thing I thought um, it'd be great for you to also mention is just with with the self realization fellowship. I remember you saying that one of the one of the reasons you also applied for the teachings there was because at that time it was one of the few um, uh, few available that was so accessible, like financially. That's right. Exactly. That's true. Yeah, that was one of the things that really impressed me because uh, a lot of the other spiritual or metaphysical courses at the time that I had looked into were were just like exorbitantly expensive, completely out of the realm of sort of a, you know, a sort of a normal family's uh, wage restrictions kind of thing. So Anyway, I was really impressed when I wrote off to inquire about the lessons and they were really affordable and, and yeah, so I thought, wow, that was just another kind of thing in their favour. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And mm. um, so were there any, are there any other like key sort of teachings or anything that you want to share? I guess I would just, you know, want to, want to say to people that every person is valuable, every person matters, you know, Um and that, you know, I wish I'd known when I was younger that kind of whatever would come my way in life, I'd be able to get through it. And even when you sort of are walking through your own personal hell and going through very difficult times in life, you will come out the other side and you'll be okay and you'll probably be a lot stronger for it. Mm, that's beautiful advice. Thank you. And, Mum, what do you think that a spiritual path can offer someone who might be trying to discover what their purpose is? Well, what I think is that it helps them, uh, I think it helps them in being able to reflect more upon their lives. And understand who they are. That's right. It helps them to understand who they are as a person. It helps them to understand the world better. I think also, crucially, it helps us to understand other people better as well. It helps us to have more compassion for and kindness for ourselves and for other people because you just, um, you know, you just never know what someone's going through or dealing with. So I think it also maybe helps us have 
more patience with other people, especially really difficult or toxic people that may come into your life. I think it just helps as well to give a greater understanding of other people. Um, not that I'm saying that, you know, you should put up with being abused or, you know, letting people kind of try to ruin your life or something, but I'm just saying it, it just sort of, it just helps understand, helps you to understand life better. Mm. Yeah, and, and it's challenges, I guess. Exactly. That's the thing because I know when I was first sort of into spirituality, I used to think, that a spiritual life eventually meant a life of no problems and sort of just endless, you know, peaceful times and, you know, swing the hammock, you know, out in the garden or something. But but I've realized, no, it's not. It's like you're at the coal face, you know, and you're and um, stuff happens, things come into your life that you may not have chosen, but they come to strengthen us. I know Yogananda says a wrestler always fights with a stronger wrestler to gain strength and power and that's what happens with us in life. Things come our way and they are designed to help us bring out our innate strength and power that we all have. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so, Mum, is there any advice that you would give to your younger self, knowing what you know Just- today? Uh, let's see. I would just, yeah, just again tell her, you know, you really matter just as much as anybody else. You have a right to express yourself just as much as anybody else has. And, um, yeah, just keep on because, you know, even if you do go through some darkness, the light is always there and things will always get better. Mm, that's beautiful. And one thing that I also really, really wanted to talk about on here, which um, I think is so cool, is that you have not been someone who's drank alcohol for most of your adult life. That's true. That's true, yes. Because um, I know with, with yoga teachings, they suggest you don't use you know drugs and alcohol because it will interfere with your meditation practice. And also because I was a young mum too, you know, and I had – little kids and you know and I just guess I didn't really like to be drinking around you guys but um yeah so when I was like in my early 40s I occasionally would have some wine here and there for a sh- at one point but then I just stopped that was just a short period you know if I was in a social setting and I thought no I just have to be me even though I'm swimming against the tide <laughs> and you know, and in our culture as you know, um, alcohol is just such a socially acceptable part of life and you're considered kind of freakish if you don't drink. Mm. Um, but still I thought, no, I just have to honour myself and be who I am. So what I found is that you almost get more, I don't know, respect in the world if you say I'm, I can't drink because I'm like a recovering alcoholic or something rather than saying I just choose not to drink. Mm. People find that very confronting for some reason yeah absolutely they they think yeah that's that's something that's actually the problem that you don't drink that's really strange it's it's so weird but I think that's such a testament to you like going for all of those years without being tempted for any you know substantial length of time with drinking alcohol and like following what you obviously knew deep within you wasn't something that was right for you. Yeah, yeah. So that's yes. wonderful. And actually, I think that's also with all of this spiritual stuff um, and because you're becoming so much more aware of your thoughts, you also become really aware of your body and how things are reacting, how what you're consuming both energetically but also through food and drink yes. affects yeah. your body. And, um, yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, that's. I just think that's a really nice for people to hear because now you know, binge drinking and drinking is still a huge part of, uh, you know, a, lo- a lot of our different cultures. But I think that that is starting to change. And um, yeah, so I really hope that if anyone's listening to this, I you know, gave up alcohol in 2017 and before I did that I had a very normal relationship with alcohol for a millennial which was you know I overdrank on weekends and holidays and 
it was just the most liberating thing ever to finally just say, you know what, I don't care if I'm going to be socially outcast, which by the way, I wasn't. And um, I don't I don't care if it's going to seem weird, but I'm just going to give it up and try it. And then discovering after a year of doing that as, you know, almost an experiment, it's something that I want to continue because I feel so much better when I'm not drinking and I don't like having something that checks me out of my reality. And also I think that alcohol is a really big problem in our society and I don't want my children growing up in a world where they will feel like they will be outcasts for drinking something that is designed to check us out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, you know, life is challenging and so I'm sure, you know, a lot of people are drinking to help them cope with life and it would be just wonderful to see more people be able to just drop the alcohol and find other ways of, you know, dealing with life, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, exactly. And uh, also, you know, alcohol doesn't doesn't provide a solution to the problem, and that's my big thing. So exactly. Yeah, I just thought I would mention that. Um, So, okay, well, Mum, is there any other advice you might give to someone who is, you know, struggling to figure out what the meaning of their life is or what their purpose might be? I just, uh, I just think if people take time to introspect and contemplate and maybe, um, you know, explore, you know, different spiritual options and try to find, you know, a good spiritual path that suits them and that calls to them and maybe, yeah, just read a lot of different books, uh, find a mentor if you can. That's always really great if you're able to find one. Um, yeah. Great. And, Mum, is there anything that you are particularly fascinated by or loving at the moment? Um, lots of things, actually. I have lots of lots of interests. Um, one thing I've been getting really interested in lately is Mary Magdalene, and I've been reading um, a little more about her because she's such a mysterious figure in the Bible, and despite all the attempts to just paint her as being this horrible you know, fallen woman, she was actually, it turns out, one of Christ's most advanced disciples and she actually had some followers of her own. So anyway, that's been a really um, fascinating topic that I'm looking into at the moment. I'm also Rob, sorry, Rob go ahead. Bell, you know, Rob Bell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he actually talks about that in his book, What is the Bible, about how significant uh, Mary's role was and if yes. you actually, if you, you know, properly interpret the Bible uh, against all of the different contexts that it captures. And um, and also, like, women, they had the responsibility yeah. of all the finances back in back whenever whatever story he was talking about was, you know, set, which I thought was really yeah. interesting. And he was saying, you know, the women had, you know, a fundamental position. They weren't completely, you know, like um, a lot of different religions have made um, you know, women not have a uh, equal role to the the men. So I yes. thought, yeah, that's so interesting. I'd be really interested yeah. to learn more about Mary Magdalene as well. Yeah, yeah no, it's fascinating. Um, I'm also interested in uh, ufology and exopolitics and the ramifications for our planet of um, contact with beings and people from other planets. I find that a really fascinating subject that's been kind of, I guess, in the consciousness since probably the 40s when the Roswell incident happened. Um, I'm also interested in history, Aboriginality, many things, animals, nature, yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been so nice to speak to you and I think that there's so many, you know, beautiful examples here of how a spiritual path might help someone, um, you know, deal with the challenges of life and also get to know themselves better and therefore also their purpose, which is what I love to explore. Yeah, yes. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. So there it is, my friends. I hope you enjoyed that beautiful conversation with my mother, Joanne Robinson. I absolutely agree that a spiritual path 
and meditation, yoga, visualization, understanding that you do have power over how you respond to your thoughts and feelings is essential and a beautiful way to uncover your truth and purpose. The create a life that is beautiful philosophy over here is that by following what we love, enjoy and are inspired by, that is how we discover and show up for our purpose. So when we start Oh, sorry, more when we stop looking outside ourselves for the answers and instead take the journey within. That is how we uncover purpose and meaning in our life. You can find the show notes for this episode over at www.letisharinch.com forward slash Joanne Robinson. And if you are someone who is feeling that call to understand more about why you are here What I believe is the call for purpose, this is the call to turn inwards. And meditation allows us to be able to tune into our intuition, to tune out all the noise around us and to actually think clearly about what lights us up, about what we love, enjoy and are inspired by. And then we follow those feelings. And this, my friends, is what leads us to purpose. And that is what we are all about over here at Create a Life That Is Beautiful. If you are interested about exploring those curiosities or that call a little further with someone who can facilitate the space for you to one, discover and then two, show up for your purpose, please check out my one-to-one coaching offerings and I would love to hear from you. Now, what's next for me? As I record this, I'm currently staying in Sydney, Australia, my hometown. Uh, And this weekend, I am celebrating for the first time my engagement to my beautiful partner, Llewellyn. And next week, I will be watching my beautiful sister get married. I also invite you all to sign up for my weekly newsletter if you haven't already. Every week I share some further inspiration, tools and resources, including the podcast to help you on the journey of discovering and showing up for your purpose and creating a life you love, enjoy and are inspired by. You can subscribe over at www.letisharinch.com and for daily inspiration, connect with me on Instagram at create a life that is beautiful. And if you haven't already, I would really appreciate it if you could please, if this episode or the podcast so far has provided you with any value, make sure you leave a review on iTunes, share it with anyone you think might resonate and get in touch to let me know what you love. Okay, have a wonderful week, my friends, and see you next week for another episode to help you unlock your truth and purpose.